Christians are often told, uh, sometimes rebuked, uh, to follow Jesus' command to not judge, often by non-Christians who perceive us rightly or wrongly of uh, being nasty and judgmental. But was Jesus' command to not judge a blanket statement, or does it have limits? Is there a context to understand this no, don't judge thing? So the verse uh, in question is Matthew 7, 1, uh, where Jesus says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. Uh, the Greek word for judge here uh, is krino. Uh, it's a pretty broad word. Uh, it's, it's a lot like our word judge, which um, can have a legal connotation or it can also have this kind of sort of generic informal uh, kind of meaning. So, for example, it can refer to making a personal evaluation, like in Romans 14.5. Uh, can refer to a committee making a declaration, as it does in Acts 16.4. Uh, it can refer to uh, trying someone in either a divine or a human court. Uh, so John 7.51, Acts 25.10, 1 Corinthians 6.6, 6, 2 Thessalonians 2.2. 2. So the, the proper way to understand a word's meaning is not to look at a list of its possible definitions and plug in the meaning we like the most. I think it's, I think it's gonna shock a lot of people, but that is, that's actually not the way it works. So, um, so we, what we actually have to do is look at the surrounding context. Uh, what does that word mean in the words, you know, when you look at the words around it, what, what role is that word playing? So basically in, in our, in our uh, verse here, the question is, what kind of judgment is Jesus speaking of? To begin with, why does Jesus tell us not to judge? Because if we do, he says, we'll be judged ourselves. He goes on to say, um, uh, for in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by the standard that you measure, it will be measured to you. So who's the one who's going to be judging us? Um, it's possible that he has other people in mind, right? You know, if you're a judgmental, then other people will look at you and say, hey, wait a second, you're a hypocrite if you judge people for doing the same thing you do, right? Uh, but on the other hand, um, he could have a divine judgment in, in, um, um, in mind here, right? So if he's talking about other humans, then he's talking about making these personal judgments uh, that will condemn us if, if uh, we're held by the same standard uh, by their humans, uh, but he also could have in mind this divine judgment. So, like if we look at people, for example, uh, and we deem them deem them unable to be saved, for example, they're sinners. God doesn't care about them. They're going to be judged, and we do that because of some sin in their lives. Well, Jesus could be saying that God will remember that pronouncement of judgment and hold us accountable to it. So. For example, do you look at gay people and insist that there's no hope for them? Well, you might want to do so with great caution because Jesus informs us that it is as sinful to nurse lust in our hearts as it is to act upon lust. In this case, for us to judge is for us to act as the divine judge and to pass sentence on those whom we despise. That's not our job. So if we insist on pounding the gavel, God will be there to make sure we eat our words. This passage has a parallel in Luke, which may be useful for understanding which kind of judgment Jesus has in mind. This is uh, Luke 6, 37 through 38, where Jesus says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. 
They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Note the use of legal language. Do not condemn past sentence, but forgive, release, set free. So if you do so, it will be done for you, presumably by God. This strengthens the argument that in Matthew 5, 1, and 2, judgment has a courtroom connotation, in particular, the courtroom of divine judgment. So if Jesus doesn't want us to judge hypocritically or to condemn others to hell, um, does that mean we can make no personal judgments about moral behavior? I would say no, yeah, certainly not. In this same passage, he warns us to beware of false prophets and even gives us the tool with which we can recognize them. You will know them by their fruits. Every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. That's Matthew 7, 16 through 17. So what's the takeaway? Be wise to make judgments about bad courses of action and don't hitch yourself to prophets or movements that are opposed to godly principles. But also remember that God has forgiven you when you didn't deserve it. So you better not treat mercilessly those whom God wants to show mercy to or God will judge you by the same standard that you judge others by.